Like the rest of you, we're trying to make sense of this crazy thing that we call life. I'm RJ. I'm Unique. And I'm Khalil. And welcome to Try Not to Overthink It. Every day we find ourselves discussing many different topics, ranging from trending news to the state of our society as a whole. You name it, we probably talked about it. After many heated debates, we decided to expand and share our conversations and give them to you from both a therapist and a social worker's point of view and get your and hopefully get your input. If this is your first time here, we'd like to thank you for checking us out and we hope that you'll stay and become part of the tribe and participate in the conversations. So today, uh, topic is fairly something is something that is fairly serious to me. Um, we see an uptick in all these different people all over social media, YouTube, Instagram, TV, where they're talking about male empowerment, um, this alpha male foolishness and the manosphere where we want men to step into being in charge and leading, but then we're not giving the full lesson. So I felt that it was very imperative that we talk about that and give the full lesson. Because when you hear a lot of you guys talk and you guys hear a lot of these guys speak about what men should be doing and how women should be this way and women should be that way um, and what men shouldn't be putting up with, we don't talk about, you know, one of the main things that a lot of these guys leave off is accountability. Mm -hmm. Leave off the, the accountability piece. And, you know, part of being an adult is being able to accept when you've done things that have caused certain things. And so we want to talk about, and I've heard a lot of guys talk about how we've started to create a generation of women that are turning into men, um, where they're starting to act like men, talk like men, be, you know, try to be the man in the relationship but we're not taking accountability for how that occurred. Um, mm -hmm. for, for me as a man, there are things that are expected of me as a man. Um, when I'm in a relationship with someone or I'm with someone, the expectations I'm going to provide protection and provision. And when I fail to provide those things, it forces my mate to have to go and seek and provide those things. The same way in the where, where I've spoken about people cheating. When people, when there's something lacking, people go out looking for it, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So when your mate, as your your man who is supposed to be leading the relationship or leading the family, leading the household, is not doing the things that he's supposed to do, you're forcing the woman to step into the role of being the woman and the man. Right. What do you guys think about that? I mean, I don't know that, because I hear people say, oh, you're forcing me to be the woman and the man. I don't know that I necessarily agree with the title woman and the man. You're just forcing me to be in a position where, and we talked about this in um, I think our last episode, where it's interdependence and codependence and independence. You're forcing me into a lifestyle of independence. And so you're creating a space where I don't need you. I don't need you for um, spiritual wisdom. I don't need you for financial stability. I don't need you to help me parent. I don't need you to help me care for the home because you're showing me that you're unreliable. And the minute you do that, you've broken down the line of trust. And so now I cannot just slide back into the space where I'm like, oh, I trust you arbitrarily because you said so and because you're a man. Right. Um, I think I spoke before I grew up in a single parent household. My mother was forced to do so many different things, wear so many different hats. My grandmother had to step in and help. And it, it was great to have, you know, uh, my grandmother there because she was uh, she had a very, um, you know, energetic personality and, and would teach me so many different things. But there was nobody in the household that could teach me to be a man. But uh, when it was thrown on my father, he was so inconsistent, so unreliable never had accountability. Um, he would say he was going to do things, didn't do it. Um, he was one of those people who would tell me, I'm going to come get you, spend time with you and not show up. Mm. Um, and as a child, you know, that just breaks your heart, right? Yeah. But the thing about it in the long run came to the point where my mom eventually had to move on. She got a divorce. I was about five when she got the divorce. And then later on, uh, my dad continued with the same behavior. And yes, he had issues with substance use, drugs, and all those other things, but I'm not making excuses for him. Uh, what it brought me to when I saw so many other broken families and the divorce rate is so high, we have all these single, single parent households with females running the house. Once your mate shows you that they're unreliable mm -hmm. or they cannot be trusted, you have to take on the role in order to take care of your children, right? So mm -hmm. RJ talked about it 
earlier. Um, once human beings create offspring, um, naturally, we have to take care of these kids. Mm-hmm. Um, women don't want to be independent, but we force them to do that when we show that we're not financially responsible, that we're not mentally sound, and we don't have any spiritual spirituality where we could lead a household spiritually. We're not praying for our mates. We're not going in there um, asking them to go to church. Um, if you go to church, especially in the African-American community, um, I don't have to say this, but because I don't even, I didn't go get the statistics, but walk in most churches and you see mostly women. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. Older men, you'll see some older men, some deacons, but mostly women in the congregation. They make up the congregation, right? So mm-hmm. when we talk about leading the household spiritually, how can you do that if you're not even uh, attending worship? Uh, you don't bring, uh, like RJ always says, I want somebody who's going to pray with me. You're not praying with your partner. Um, you're not making sound financial decisions, right? So uh, we know naturally the woman has to take these roles and we're forcing them to take this role. I don't think all women want to do that. I know a lot of women who want to have that partner that they can actually uh, be uh, co-parenting with in the household, not outside of the household. I'm talking about in the household. They want somebody who's present. They want somebody who shows up. My mom never said she didn't want my dad to do these things. She never, she didn't talk down to my dad at all until maybe the latter end of the relationship when she found out like, you're not helping me. You're hurting me. You're taking my money. You're, you're messing up the rent. All right. You're, 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 you're um, not being there for my kids. Uh, there was one incident. I remember she told me, and I've heard, you know, being a social worker, I've heard other stories way worse where my sister, she's older than me uh, by four years. She was home and he was selling weed out of the house. So uh, my mom got home. My mom was like, um, asking my daughter, uh, her daughter, something, which is my sister. She was like, well, dad, he had to leave, but he went up here to the shelf to get this. So my mom went to the shelf. There's a whole big bag of weed. And she's like, what? And he went out with some dude and left me here. You left an eight-year-old child unattended to? Are you crazy? You know what I mean? She's like seven or eight. All right. That shows me right there when I've, I've heard other stories like this, way worse, obviously, as a social worker. But that shows me that you're incapable of leading a household. And people can't trust you. So then when the woman starts to talk down to you, then you're like, oh, she's disrespectful. She don't want me to leave the house. Now, if she put you in charge, we're not paying rent. You're running around spending money on drugs and alcohol. All right. You're not present. You're not take, helping take care of the kids. And she's at work the whole time. And her paycheck goes to you. How does that look like a stable household? It's a liability. <laughs> Yeah, you're a liability at that point. Like, like I was watching something on YouTube. Uh, it was like a short, and the lady was talking about, um, like, being in a relationship, and you know about how the reason that women ask, you know, what do you do for a living, and why they're they're keeping track of the finances is because they want to know that financially, offspring are expensive. Mm-hmm. If you can't financially take care of yourself, how are you going to be able to provide for our children if we have them? And so like what she said, if I wanted to be with somebody that I was going to have to take care of, I was going to have to raise, I might as well have a child at that point. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and I, and I, I thought that was so profound because I'm like, she's absolutely right. right. Like for, for a lot of us, we want to, and, and I have this conversation with my coworkers all the time, uh, where people talk about, you know, titles and positions at work, or oh, I want to be this, or I want to do that. Not understanding there's responsibility that comes with that. Right. You know, like, you know, that antiquated saying of that uh, heavy is a head that wears a crown. Yeah, there's stress, there's stress and there's struggles that come along with leading and being in charge of, and being responsible for everything, being in being in charge of everything. So as a man, I have to show my mate, whoever that may be, that I got this. Right. They have to be safe and secure that. Coming to me, leaving it to me, it's going to get taken care of. If it's not going to get taken care of, I'm going to have a plan for it to get taken care of or I'm working on it and I'm going to have a situational report for her or him, you know, to explain this is what this is where we're at with it. That's what comes along with being being a man. You know, the expectation of a woman is going to be submissive to me as a man just because genetically I was born a man, 
biologically, I'm a man. You you got to do what I say it, or you're or you're not a, you're not a high a, a high quality woman. No, that's not the case. Because again, we keep advocating on behalf of these bum dudes, you know, that are not stepping into their 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 manifest destiny and living living the way that they were supposed to live. And we like prime example. I watch uh, like Country Wayne has has his little skits on YouTube every day, so I'd be mm-hmm. on there just watching skits. So there's like this one skit with this dude. He's he's a like for all points and purposes, my, my guy is a bum. Like his mom got him a job at UPS. He quit the job after a week. You know, you have a whole child that you're supposed to be providing for, and the time and energy you spent you spent trying to hustle, you could have been working a real job and and being a provider, being a man, where you're having to rely on the generosity and the magnanimity and the and the politeness of other people to survive. It like to me, but you see that that it that it, you see that nowadays where so many men are moving in that in that in that in that direction where. I'm not assuming my responsibility. I'm not taking accountability for the things that I've done or the or the situations that I've caused. Because like when we talk about where women have stepped into the 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 lane of being the man, you know, having to be the provider, having to be the person that provides provision and protection. Why is that? Because we're not doing what we're supposed to do as men. And so I can't sit here and advocate for men being the leader, men being the head when we're showing that we have lost our ability to lead. You know, for me, I'm not following nobody I don't have trust in. Yeah. I'm not following nobody that I can't, I don't feel empowers and inspires me to be the best version of myself. I'm not following nobody that I feel like, God dang, I think this person don't know what they're talking about. Mm-hmm. I'm going to follow you for a while, but once I start to realize you dumb and you're leading me off the cliff, I'm going to politely kind of fade into the background or I'm going to pop smoke and, and just get myself out of the situation altogether. Right. And so we as men, we're creating this dynamic, this this paradigm shift of where we're not assuming responsibility, where when like you said, when you go to church, you look across the congregation. Most of the people that are in the congregation are female. Mm-hmm. So even situations such as being spiritually leading somebody, it's the mom that's doing that. Mm-hmm. It's the grandma, the auntie, some the female grandma. family member that's doing that. It's not the dad. But then we want to sit here. And when I hear Men, especially that look like us, talk about don't date single moms. So my guy, when, when every time I hear that, I want to throw my phone every time I see that on my phone, because that is the dumbest thing ever, because you are telling people to not date your mother. Mm-hmm. You're telling people to not date your your sister, your auntie, your grandmother, because for a lot of us, we come from those households mm-hmm. where our mom led us because our dad wasn't there. That wasn't the case for me. Me personally, my dad was always there. You know, even once he and my mom got divorced, my dad was still an active and willing participant in my life. But for a lot of, you know, females out here, we as African-American men made them single moms. But then we want to sit here and you better not date no single mom. She done hit the wall, you know. Your your discretion, like you left her. How you want to cast her out of society because you left? And 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 that's what I'm saying. And so you know, instead of giving the whole lesson, because I do believe that as a single man, if you have no children, don't step to a single mom. If you you are not at a certain level in life, if you're not at a mature mature level, you're not at a certain financial level. Because again, kids are expensive. So you don't have any kids. And you're becoming, you're going to become a, you're thinking about becoming a blended family. There's going to be some decisions that you have to make, but that comes with you making that decision with yourself instead of just immediately casting her off as though she's less than because she has children. Well, Rajima, I think you hit an interesting point when you said maturity, because what we're talking about, we're not talking about adult, a person who does not take care of their responsibility. I don't care who you are. You are not an adult. My parents told you, you become an adult when you start paying your own bills. I no matter how old you are, but if I still got to take care of your bills, provide food, clothes, shelter, reason, rationale for you, then what are you? You're a, you're child. a child. You're a child. You're a child. You're a you are a dependent. Right. right. By the legal IRS definition, you are a dependent. Even adults who um, have special needs, they are able to be claimed by someone because they cannot provide for themselves. Right, but they are chronologically adults. Mm-hmm. 
But I mean, in the bigger scope of things, they're they're not functioning as that. And I think a lot of men nowadays they have they want they have this Peter Pan spirit. I'm going to be a boy forever. And I'm never going to grow up, but they want to do grown-up things like have sex, have kids, have houses, um, go on into jobs. But I don't want to have to show up on time. I don't want that accountability. I don't want to be questioned. I don't want to be held to a certain standard. Like I just want to live my life however I decided that morning. Well, look. What you're speaking to are 30 year old, 40 year old rappers, right? Um, that's crazy. To me. That's crazy. <laughs> that's crazy. Like that. No, that, that's crazy to me because I heard a story like that recently with a friend of mine, and he was like, Yeah, man, my brother still thinks he can rap. I said, Well, how's your brother? Because I know my friend, you know what I'm saying? He's about 40. How's your, oh, yeah, yeah, he's 35. <laughs> <laughs> wow. When I was 20, me and my buddies, we wanted to rap and sing. You know, we used to sing, we used to make cut little albums. We even went to the studio. We did all that, right? Once you get a certain age, everybody had like adult responsibility. I gotta pay my rent, man. You know what I'm saying? I gotta pay this, I gotta pay that, my car note. And so you can't go to the studio anymore. And we would see, I remember being in my early 20s, and you'd see grown men cutting albums with their hat twisted to the back and they're like, I'm spitting these bars and I'm like, what are you, you're spending $500 in the studio and you got kids and you got a woman? Like, that's irresponsible. That Those type of behaviors are irresponsible to me and when I hear people say like, oh, I have these dreams or, or I'm a hustler, you know what I mean? I got a couple of friends to go in and out you know what I'm saying, of institutions, you know what I'm saying, and you're like, oh, wait, 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 you still trying to hustle? You 40? You're 44. You're still trying yeah. to hustle. Like, yeah. if, you, if you're if you not El Chapo by now, I'm sorry. It, it's a done, done deal. If you don't have villas in, in Colombia by now, it's a done deal. Those type of things, those type of mindsets show me that you're immature and you're stuck. And, but drugs do that. We know that. Substance abuse mm-hmm. does that. Mm-hmm. Uh, usually people who use even marijuana. I know everybody like, oh, marijuana legal these days. If you're using marijuana, you started using at 16 or 17. And I'm being nice because a lot of people, when I was a kid, they was using it at 13, they using marijuana, right? So if you're using it 16 or 17, your brain is usually underdeveloped because the brain doesn't develop till about 24, 25, right? So you're stuck in that same age emotionally, mentally, and of course, spiritually, because you're probably not changing spiritually. I don't care how much the words you're reading, if you're not applying it, doesn't matter, right? So you're stuck on that emotional level. And, and, you know, let, let's say you get a little clean time here and there. You might be operating on the level of a 20-year-old by the time you're 40 years old. There's a problem there. You, mm-hmm. you can't live for yourself by, at that time. Um, when I was um, in my early 20s, I got a job. Uh, one of my mom's cousins, uh, her husband, he was a, a welder. So he said, well, Khalil, you're not doing anything, right? He said, man, I, I'm, I need somebody to hop on, be an apprentice, work with me. And, um, you know, he was like, look, this is hard work. So, you know, I went to the job for about a week straight. My hands was hurting from lifting metal bars and stuff. You know what I'm saying? And I had done construction, but I really didn't like it. I don't like getting dirty. You know, I'm one of them people. I hate getting dirty. So I'm out there getting dirty. And, and I was telling him, I was like, man, for $10 now, man, you working me to death. You know, I had that type of mouth where I said that to someone who I was employed from for. Right. He said, let me tell you something. When you have a family, he said, when you have kids, he said, you have to do whatever you have to do yeah. to make sure they're provided for. Khalil. Yep. I didn't have any kids at the time. So he's breaking it down. He said, that's how I got into this trade. This is why I do this backbreaking work because I had a lot of kids early. And his, you know, my cousins were, they were, they were older. They were my age. Some were older. And he had them at like 18, 19. He could never stop working. That was the work ethic that he instilled in me. He didn't like it either, but he never stopped doing it. Just like RJ said, how are you going to go to a job and then just quit it, right? Knowing that you have responsibilities. Those are the things where you know people aren't emotionally mature or mentally mature at that age. You know, I mean, my my guy was dropping gems on you. I mean, he was he was explaining to you that you have to do what you want to do, what you have to do now so you can do what you want to do later. And I think that for a lot of people, they do not get that lesson. They don't get that. They never get that lesson. They want to do what I want to do now so I can continue to do what I want to do later. 
And there's, mm-hmm. that's not what being an adult is. That's not what being, you know, taking accountability and responsibility is. And I think yeah. that for, for us as men, we have, as I said earlier, we have lost our privilege because it's a privilege. It's not a right to be in, to lead anybody. It is a privilege to lead somebody. It is a privilege to be in front of somebody. It is a privilege to 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 manage and supervise anybody. That's not something that you have to do. Now, God intended for man to be the head, not the tail. But when you are not doing the things necessary to show yourself worthy of that of that gift that God gave you, guess what? He takes it away from you. Mm-hmm. And so right now, that's what we're looking at right now, where we have lost that ability to lead because we've shown that we squandered it. We weren't we weren't mature enough when we had it. So so now we want to blame everybody else. We want to say that it's the woman's fault because she's emasculating right. us. But my thing is, again, are you giving her reasons to feel like you're less than a man? Mm. Well, listen, I can argue with this from the type of time I say men have been falling behind. Men have been falling their own choosing and blaming their own women. Adam did it to Eve, and it has been the same. You no, have to bring up the apple. Yeah. I had to because see, y'all love to say it was the woman's problem. I'm gonna tell you this. Um, huh? It's this woman you gave. It's the woman you gave. It was the rib you took, Lord. Right. He chose the wrong rib. He chose the wrong one. See, the thing is, when you look at all of that, you've got to realize the covenant that God had was with Adam. He told Adam, Adam, if you eat of it, you will die. It was his job to convey the importance. You no, know, we don't do that. We don't even go. We don't even look right. at that. Right. Why are you walking over there? I'm sure that wasn't her first day walking that way. No, it wasn't. As a woman, I know us. Oh, that flower looks nice. Let me go. Let me see what the flowers look like over there. Do, 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 do. Oh, hey. She was cute because everything in the garden was perfect. So she was perfect. Okay. And I literally spoke to that. Just women, we love compliments. I knew he complimented her. You, that thing is sitting. Okay. And that's probably what he said because she was black. So that thing's sitting. And she was like, it is, ain't it? And so she got caught up. I'm sure he had a melodious man voice, but she got caught up. If Adam had just stayed the head and said, Eve, look, God said we wasn't supposed to do that. And now you you said you on your own. Well, I mean, I I agree with you in that. I I think that if Adam had been leading the way he was supposed to be, she wouldn't even have that thought to do that because 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 my my man my man told me not to do that so because i because i believe in what my man is telling me telling me i'm gonna i'm gonna follow his lead i'm gonna trust in his lead me and my sister were having this conversation last thanksgiving it was me her and the dude she was dating at the time and so like my sister's very headstrong in the way that you know you have to explain everything to her like and so like I, you know, like her thought process is the fact that I don't want to fail my mate, my partner, which is why I ask questions so I can make sure I have a clear understanding of what it is that you're needing me to do, which is understandable, you know, Man. but like I, like I explained to her though, everything, there's not always going to be time to explain everything. Mm-hmm. There, there, ha- there's going to be times where you're just going to have to move in faith and trust that I got this. Now, right. once I show you that I ain't got this, you know, then, hey, I can't I can't complain about, you know, the, the quality of the product that I got now in regards to you. Hey, you sure you know what you're doing? You sure you you sure you 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 follow the instructions correctly? Like, I can't complain about the questioning then because I've, I've shown that I'm incompetent in making sound, rational decisions. Right. But until I show you that you at least need to have trust and faith that I can do this. And so for. A lot of us as men, we're not leading appropriately. We're not giving that example because you have to be the change that you want to see in other people. So that means moving the way that you want other people around you to move. So that means if you're wanting someone to be respectful, you got to be respectful. You got to be if, right. If you want somebody to be honest, your kids, your wife, they, you got to be honest. You got to be steadfast and truthful in everything that you say and do because again, people are watching you. So they do what they what they see you doing. Yes. But where we mess up at is the fact that, like Khalil said, there's not a lot of us in the home. And so because yeah. there's not a lot of us in the home, what ends up happening is 
little young young men learn how to be men from their mother. But the problem with learning how to be a man from a woman is a woman's never been a man before. A woman's not a man. Wait, I, I thought I was the resident, you know, male expert. Did you mean to tell me I can't raise a man? No, you've never you I mean you you gonna you're gonna do your you're gonna do your best, but in regards to speaking from shared experience, you can't. I right. can't in, in in regards to understanding what men go through, you can't. I can't relate. Just, no different than as a, if I was to raise a, a daughter by myself. All I got is all I got is the internet and books. I can read a book and I can read read from the internet, but as far as speaking from someone else's experience, you can't tell her yours. And that's what I'm saying because I've never been a woman before. So as for these young men, we're growing up. That's why it's important to be in, for a father for you to be in your kids' lives. Mm-hmm. Right. It's, so, it's, go ahead. So if I'm trying to learn from a woman how to be a man, we already talked about that. That equation doesn't equal up, right? Because a, a woman is not a man. So right. along the lines, you have to learn what society says, all right, is a man. And if you learn that from people around you who don't have a clue, you're going to be clueless. So we always talk about modeling, right? Kids learn from others around them in the environment. Uh, that That's one of uh, uh, RJ's favorite things, right? The modeling, right? Because now we're going to psych- psychology, right? If I have everybody in my neighborhood, all right, who is a father, because not everybody's a father. We already discussed that term, right? Because a father is someone who actually leads the household, takes care of the household. In order to be a good leader, you have to be a good follower as well, right? So we know there's a lot of things that we don't see in the household. So if I'm going through my neighborhood and I look at Bob down the street and Bob's in and out of prison, in and out of jails and institutions, Bob comes home, uh, you know what I mean? And he, he, tries to assume the throne of his residence and he's always getting kicked out because Bob doesn't want to work. Bob likes to hustle. Bob likes to stay out late night with different women. All right, and I see that and that's what's modeled to me. I think it's appropriate for me to do some of those same things. Not saying that you're going to do everything, but eventually by if that's what I'm seeing a lot or if I'm actually seeing some, uh, uh, you know, um, uh, an imitation of that that, that a lot of people are doing around me some form of imitation of that type of behavior, I might assume that it's okay to be like that. But depending on the woman in your household, they might have enabled me to do that. Yeah. Uh, especially women baby their, 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 their little boys. My mom used to, she's, man, I was the baby of that household. She let me get away with a lot of stuff my sister didn't get away with. Oh, I could come and go as I pleased by the time I was 17. You know what I'm saying? I could have women over the house and stuff like that. My sister could do none of that. You get what I'm saying? Uh, th- there was a completely different mindset. So without having the appropriate uh, male figures in the household, I was the man. I was making decisions. You know, I, luckily I had some form of you know, a uh, uh, conscience in my mind. I knew I couldn't do everything, but I was able to make a lot of decisions at an early age. So, you know, when people are given all that autonomy at an early age and, and they take over this, this role of being a male, you might not be mature when you get into this relationship with this young woman and because you've been raised as, hey, you are the man of the house, even though you're not doing, I wasn't paying bills. Like, you know what I mean? I, I was I was reckless with my money, but I was told I'm a man. This is what my folks were telling me in the house. So when I got into my first relationship uh, with a woman and, and she got pregnant, I was I, I thought I could still do whatever I wanted to do. I was coming in late. Because it's what you've always been doing. Yeah, yeah I was doing what I had already been doing because I was told I'm a man. And, I, and, and when she didn't do what I told her to do, I was arguing. I was like, man, what you talking about? I told you to do such and such. Well, you weren't even home last night. How are you going to tell me what to do? You weren't even home. So what I'm saying is that that cycle has continued. I thought that woman was going to concede to me like my mother used to. I thought she would. Like, my mom be like, all right, Khalil, go ahead, man. Do whatever you do. I mean, she argued once in a while, but ever since 17, I was allowed to do whatever I wanted to do. And I thought I was a man. That's not true. Now that I had some knowledge, right? That's not how men operate. Like uh, RJ said, there has to be accountability. I'm supposed to be present 
in the house. At nine mm -hmm. or 10 o'clock, I'm supposed to be in the house. I'm supposed to be blessing my kids and putting them to sleep. I'm supposed to be blessing my wife. We're supposed to be trying to get, uh, uh, I'm trying to be romancing her, taking her places, doing stuff like that. I wasn't doing it. Yeah, I mean, so, one, of, one of the best the parents' responsibility, whether you are a single parent or in a dual parent household, is to be intentional about your child's upbringing. If I, if I don't have the resources, that doesn't mean my kid doesn't have it. If I, and thank God I'm not a single mom, but if I was a single mom, my kid is going to be surrounded by everybody they need so that they can be successful. I'm in a dual parent home. And even now, I'm intentional about putting my daughter around people that model the behavior that I want her to see. So I put her around strong, affluent women, Black women who are affluent. I allow her to see strong, affluent Black men because I want her to know this is your normal. This is when you grow up, you don't have to say, well, I never saw that. I never saw two-parent households. I never saw men and women in church. I didn't see people married for 20 years. People have to see that. My parents were married for this amount of time. All my friends had two-parent homes. My friends had families who owned, like their, their parents owned businesses. And right. so I say that to say in our community, there are just to listen to us and say, oh, well, I didn't know about TV, but Fresh Prince was an example family matters was an example of a two-parent household where the father was father was present present uncle phil he was present the cosby show no 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 we're just talking about because we're talking about characters we're not talking about that man william okay we are talking about the character bill and i i mean i agree with that as a character he portrayed what an idealistic black man was to his family and in present. those episodes, from the dad to the granddad, those men on that show, they were present. Right. And that makes the difference. I mean, you've heard rappers talk about, I think Jay Cole talked about how he wanted, he he idealized Uncle Phil, and that's the type of man that he wanted to be to his family. And so there are models out there. There are examples. So just taking the cop out of well, you know, old Joe down the street, he hustled, so now I gotta hustle. No, old Joe hustled, but I'm gonna have a job so that when the cops come and get me, my family's still good because I pay my taxes. Right. I pay my tithe. Right. I give back to the community around me, so nobody's coming to pick me up from the corner because I saw that happen to Joe every other year. But that's not gonna be my story. I'm gonna do it different. Right. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with a lot of what you guys were saying. I think that for a lot of us, we we tend to want to, like like I was saying initially, we want to point the finger at everyone except for us instead mm -hmm. of taking ownership. Because you are a product of your environment up to a point. But, it's, yeah. it, but once you get to the point where you can start implying free will, you stop being a product at that point. You become a victim of your own decisions. Because um, I remember I was watching an episode of Math Hoffa's podcast, and he was talking about how him and one of the guys was arguing about, you know, certain certain things that have gone on in our community. And Math, you know, pointed out to him, he's just like, hey, you know, there are no victims when free wills in involved. You yeah. made choices at that point. Well, and yeah. so, so yes, not having your father in your life, not having this, not having that—that's that's very tragic, and I understand where that could, where that has an effect on you exactly. But again, you do not have to allow that to define who you are as a person, right? And as and as a leader, because again, leading is a privilege; it's not a right. And so, if I'm expecting someone to acquiesce their time, their effort, their energy to me, I need to show that I'm worthy of those things. And for a lot of us, we're not doing that. Because we think that we have all the answers. We stop learning. We stop trying to be better. We stop growing because we think that, hey, I'm, I'm good as is. You're never a finished product. You're, you're constantly, constantly, constantly having to learn something new. Because, heck, the technology operating system on this iPhone changes every, every 90 or so days. So right. you, you get caught slipping and, and forget to update your phone like you're supposed to. Next thing you know, your phone ain't working like it's supposed to. Right. So we will, put time, we will put time and energy into learning how to operate a phone and, and not put that time and energy into raising our kids. That's a goddamn going shame. Well, learn how to be the best version of you. I think before you can raise your kids, you got to learn how to be the best version of yourself. 
but but that goes but that goes back to what I said in the last episode, sequential order. Things got to be done in a sequential order. Yeah. So yeah. for me, I remember dating a young lady and she was okay with being being a baby mama. And I'm like, mm-hmm. no, that's not how I that's not how I was raised. Like for me, when I have children, we all have in the same last name. Like I'm not yeah. doing this where you got a different last name, you got a different last name, you got a different last name. I ain't doing that. Like mm-hmm. there's a there are some things that are non-negotiable for me. Yes, it's very easy to go out here and lay up with somebody, some vigorous rubbing go on, and next thing you know, there's a child in there. And you know, but I want to be an active contributing member in my child's life because I know how hard life is. And mm-hmm. I as a therapist sitting down with young children and understanding that not having a father or a consistent male figure in your life affects you, you know, in such a negative way. I mean, it just gets to, it's just ridiculous sometimes, but to see people choose to not be in their kids' lives or choose to not be the best version of themselves. Like, you know, the, the, the guy was talking to you guys about from the skit to see, you know, you just think it's okay to be a bum. You think it's okay. Or, like my coworker that I was, you know, explaining to you guys about that I helped move where you work in two jobs and your your boyfriend is at home smoking weed and hanging out every day. Right. I'm sorry. Like in that moment, that's why I agreed to help her move, because I knew he wasn't going to do it. But I knew he wasn't. That's you're not living in my house. and You're not doing that, though. Like you use if I'm going out to work. And your option is oh, I'm just gonna sit here. You're not in school. You're not trying to better yourself. In this, in this day and age, you're not being the house husband. Cause that's a thing. If you're not trying to do none of that, then you can't live here. I'm not taking care of you. That's what your mama was for. That's not my job. Exactly. That's now, now the I baby boy thing. That's the whole yeah. baby boy thing. And, they and, expect that the woman is supposed to take care of them. And but see, but see, the thing about it though is this right here though. Like, again, I can't ask for something from a woman when you know, like, this is what a woman is supposed to do. When I, as a man, am not doing the things I'm supposed to do. And that's where, for me, that's where I have to say, like, for a lot of us as guys, we ain't shit. We're we're we we just not doing what we supposed to do. Like when I go to a gas station, I see the woman getting out of the car. It's freezing cold and it's windy. I mean, I'm talking about like it's like bone chilling cold outside. And she outside pumping the gas and you you in the car on your phone like, bro, what is wrong with you? So you or you see you see two people walking. The woman is on the on the on the sidewalk, you know, on the part of the sidewalk closest to the street. I mean, like, my guy, you were supposed to. (laughs) That's what I'm saying. You were supposed to be that that intercessor that that blocks her from the trials and the tribulations of the world. That is what a man is supposed to do. And for a lot of us, as I've had this conversation with a lot of my female coworkers, because they go into this whole phase of, you know, men, you know, you know, men ain't no good, blah, blah, blah. But my thing is, I, I, I do agree in some, in some, in some facets of their conversation, but then I also point out to them, you have to take a, a, a bigger look at why you keep attracting the same type of guy. Yep. Yep. Like that, that's your, that's your type. That's your type. But see, for and but but see for me as a as a, as a therapist you know I would go I, I I go I go into everything from a therapeutic standpoint like for 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 a lot of women you guys go into a mindset where you feel like you can fix somebody you feel like you can if you love on them enough you're gonna be able to polish this this turd up into a into a, a nugget of gold and it's like no ma'am no matter how much rubbing you do on a turd it's still gonna be a turd so. If, if when you when you're when you're when you're with the guy and you guys first start dating and this is where I talked about in our relationships episode you got to move purposively and you got to move in sequential order when you first start talking to this guy and he, he re, and he reveals himself to be a turd guess what believe him no amount of rubbing no amount of kissing him no matter lo- you know loving on him is gonna make him manifest into a prince he's still gonna be a turd and so until you recognize that hey you deserve better. Right, because they're, you know, for that's the point right there. Though that level of intentionality and that self worth has to be instilled from young, and that I mean that's something that gets poured into you. This is why having a man at home is important because it gets poured into you from jump. My dad used to tell me, I don't know about my sisters, I'm sure he did, but as the oldest, he used to tell me, "You're a gift," and it didn't have anything to do with my virginity. 
And see, that's why Pastor Troy is my hero. You is my virginity. My dad said, you are the gift. You are the prize. I'm married now in my 30s. Right. And my dad still tells me, you know, you know you're the gift. Right. You know you're the prize. I was like, I, I know that. I know. Well, a woman should know that she's a blessing, right? It tells you uh -huh. that in Proverbs 31. The woman who knows what to do or how to be a good uh, partner to her mate is a blessing, right? Yeah. And look, so if you don't know that and you come in there not knowing that you're the blessing, then you probably will be paying all the bills. You probably yep. will be picking up after that dude who don't clean, don't work, don't do want to do anything. That, that that is something you might end up doing because, because you have attachment issues. You feel like I have to prove my worth in this moment, right? And so when you get these, when you have a parent that's not there, especially an absentee father, you feel like I owe this, I owe somebody something in order for them to stay. I'm behind man because I just want to. Well, that 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 I have a warm body next to me. Yeah, that I have to be alone. Right. That validates them. Right. I, I, I'm not alone. Maybe maybe their parents, maybe their mother was alone or grandma was alone, didn't have a man. Yeah. I can keep a man. I'm doing I, I, anything to keep a man. Right. Yeah. But, th but that was model for them. them. And, and that's relational trauma. We know that. And it becomes cyclical. Uh, Roger, you just talked about that earlier. Why do you keep doing the same thing over and over again? But people forget. We know the psychology of it. That's comfortable for that for that mm -hmm. young lady. That's comfortable, uh, and, and we have to make it as a clinician. I have to make them aware of it and make them uncomfortable. All right, because the reason why they're doing that is, like I said, it's that validation. I can keep a man. I'm not yep. like mama. I'm not like grandma. Yep. I, I've actually done this, but is it worth it? That man that you're keeping around. The one who yeah. abuses you, the one who takes your money, the one that comes home anytime he wants to at any time of the night, the one that's not providing protection for you. All right. There's a problem with that. Um, we were talking about the, uh, the literary allegory earlier. We're talking about Adam and Eve. Right. Um, I think the whole thing people miss in that is that alone. All right. Uh, mm -hmm. Especially alone when they alone. were separate. Yep. They weren't yep. making good decisions. Yeah. But yeah. together, if we're together, we're supposed to be able to to move in, as in a union, so we don't make these bad decisions, and we don't. Because that's a checks and balance. Exactly. Exactly. Ah, well, we what didn't God say? Hold up, are you talking real? I don't know if I like that. I don't sound like a good idea. I mean, that, that's that's what that is. I mean, because you that's you you think about it, you know, a closed fist is stronger than an individual finger. Yep. And so when you just imagine how much damage you could do to somebody's face by hitting them in the face with a closed oh. fist versus poking them in the face with a finger. So for for as a, as a man, I'm fine with the checks and balances, because, again, when I'm expected to lead, I don't think that I have all the answers. I don't think that I'm God's gift to whatever it is that I'm doing. You know, I there are going to be times where as as my partner, you're going to be a subject matter expert on this particular topic. So right. guess what? We're going to pool our knowledge base together, our resources together and make it happen. But for a lot of us, we can't get out of our own way. Mm -hmm. And I've said this in numerous episodes before where we are the problem, we are the storm. And so like when I hear these, you know, these hack a doodle doos going on about how men got to be this and women are that. And, you know, men, men, we need to be done. Da, 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 and this woman done hit the wall. It's like, bro. Do you have we have we taken our you know our our quack hat off and sit down and re and, and evaluate why this woman is saying what she's saying? No, why she feels the way that she feels, that or why, or, or even not even just that, but then for these dudes who are out here being bums and not doing what we're supposed to do, why are we not getting in their tail and right. saying, Ooh, hey, yes. hey, saying, right. hey, you're you're not you're you're misrepresenting me. Because because I can't I, I I can't I can't I can't fly the flag of man because now they've got you to use as an example of right. of, of of why you can't why you got to be why you have to can't why you can't trust men and mm -hmm. so for me these are instances where as as a man in today's society I have to lead by example I have to be a yeah. high moral character I have right. to have high moral values I have to I have to be the example I want other people to be around me. Because we we impart change in the environment, in whatever environment we are a part of. When you when you know that someone is in charge, they don't have to tell you they're in charge. 
Yes. You know, people who have to tell you I'm in charge here, I laugh in your face. There's a problem. Because, a problem. Because, because for me, you ain't no real leader if you got to tell me you're in charge. Very much so. You know, you know, if, if you got to argue and scream at me that you're in charge and I'm in charge, I'm laughing at you on it now. Now, sometimes I might, depending on who you are, I might laugh in your face right then and there. But <laughs> most times I'm laughing inside. But um, what you're saying, RJ, I, I, uh, think about it. In order to be a good leader, you have to be a good follower. Mm -hmm. Who are you following to learn how to lead? And that's what I was talking about earlier. If you don't have that, then you don't know. So you are just hooting and hollering. Like, you know, if I have to come home and tell my wife, I'm in charge, I'm in charge, there's a problem. I should But then you have a dictatorship at that point. You don't have a leader, right? right? When I hear the word leader, the leader is the person who is the spokesperson for the rest of the team. The leader is the person who takes, you know, who championed the wins for everybody. So, you know, we won. But anytime that there is a loss, I lost. I failed us. I take accountability. to take ownership of that. And so as the man of the house, you're saying, I create, I think Nadal Ellis said this on his podcast with him and his wife, Kadeem. He was talking about how as the leader, he creates an environment for his wife to be the best that she can be. So when she wins, he wins. When there's a loss, the Val's job is saying, I got to figure out how to get my wife to win again. And when you talk about submission and, oh, I, I want my wife to be submissive, are you creating an environment where she can beat that? Right. Are you creating a safe environment where she feels comfortable to let her hair down, to let her guard down, where she says, honey, what do you think about this? Baby, I, I got this great idea. How do you think we can make it work? Because she knows this person has my best interest. 100% of the time. But that's not what most men are given. Right? Really, I, I feel like I don't know if it's it's a it's a I guess a competition of wills. If I share this with him, he's gonna feel like I'm trying to take over. Right. But or, but see, I I I like what you said there. I, I think that you know, like for them and watching them on YouTube, I mean they they are what I as a as a man aspire to in regards to being in a relationship where there is a there is no, there's no ego. There is no, I got to be in the front. There is no Destiny's Child type thing where I got to be Beyonce singing lead all the time. Right, you right. know, I'm okay with today being Kelly or Michelle. Then tomorrow you be Kelly and Michelle. There's a give and a take. Now, mm -hmm. as, as, as a man, I'm not saying that there's going to be times where you're always winning. There's right. going to be times where your woman is going to have to step up and take the lead and take the, right. and, and you got to be okay with being in the background. Yeah. You know, and, 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 you know, my man does that seamlessly. There are times where he, he puts his wife ahead of him and he handles stuff in the background. Then there's times where yeah, man, he, her, her photo shoots. Yeah. <laughs> then, then there are times that's where supportive. Yeah. That, but that, that's what, that's what being a good man looks like. You know, he, he's always like doing whatever you need to do to make the team survive. Exactly. Make the team better. Right. But exactly. but for most of us, we what we want to do is I want to be in charge. You got to do what I say. You got to do it the way I say it. And my thing is, again, I will follow you when I respect you. But when you're doing things that I don't respect, I'm not following you. And so my thing is, like, for a lot of us as, as guys. There are things that you have to be willing to put in if you're if you're expecting certain things in return. And for a lot of us, we don't move in a respectful way. We don't act in a respectful way. We don't carry ourselves in a respectful way. So then when we're expecting women to, as Unique said, be in an environment to be submissive, how can I expect my, my, my mate to be submissive when I'm not doing things? That show her that I that I that I can take care of us. Well, look, yeah. it, it, it's it not the leadership role, right? And it also depends on people's interpretation of submissive. Like unique, when you said that earlier, in my mind, I thought of someone who can follow. All right, mm -hmm. but I'm not sure if everybody's seeing it that way. They might be picturing some woman walking around in a kimono serving you. You know what I'm saying? Looking like a geisha girl or something like that. I'm not sure if men understand that to be submissive doesn't mean that she's running around catering to my every whim and every need, but mm -hmm. saying, hey, I'm willing to listen to what you have to say. In turn, if I give you advice back, you should be willing to listen to what I have to say. Exactly. If you sound like you have the better plan, then I'm going with yours. If not, we need to come together and think of a way to take care of this problem. Uh, and, and we come together on the solution. 
just like a, like you said, teamwork. That I don't get submissive. Like I, I have to come home and she need to be cooking and cleaning. It. If you mm-hmm. love me, you're gonna do that anyway without me saying a word. Mm-hmm. If I, and if I, if you you come home that day later than me, I should have the the food on the table. You get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I, mm-hmm. I don't see submissive. I, I don't understand what that is to me. That just doesn't. Yeah, make sense I mean, so. It, it goes back to like what you were saying about, about Adam and Eve. Separately, they were weak. Together, they were stronger. Yeah. And so even if my idea is a bad idea, your idea is a bad idea, but there might be bits and pieces from both of our ideas that we can oh, put together. And then, then, they, then, it, then it, it, it solves the problem. Yeah. But again, you know, you guys have to be in that mindset to where there's an environment fostering of sharing of ideas. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because you know, one of my, one of my, one of my homeboys, you know, he's always saying part of leadership is followership. If you, if you're expecting to lead other people, you got to be willing to follow other people. And I think that for a lot of us as men, because we are, our egos and our pride are in the way, um, we tend to always want to lead, but then don't want to follow. And so for me, I'm a person like, like I've been told y'all numerous episodes, I'm exceedingly lazy. So, you know, when, you know, I like being for other people to be in charge of me. Why? Because I don't have to do no serious thinking at that point. I, I will do exactly what you tell me to do. And if it's wrong, it's wrong because you told me wrong. You told me to do it. Hey, look, I I'm have come. I'm, I'm betting. Listen, I've seen him, and, and he's in a leadership role, but I've seen him. Mm-hmm. With, okay, that's role. what you want to do? Okay. And then when it goes wrong, I told you so. He's I told you so. And he'll I say, did. I told you so. Yep. <laughs> right there in the meeting. What did, what, did, what did we learn? What did we learn from this? Right. You know, right. because because again, if you, everything is a teachable moment. If, you, if it didn't kill you, like my dad used to say, and I used to hate it when he said that when I was a kid, if it don't kill you, make you stronger. He's absolutely right. You know, because because if it doesn't kill you, you can learn from it and learn not to do that again. And so for 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 me, again, I'm willing to follow people when they are in charge of me, you know, because I was always taught to respect the spot and the position, not the person. Hello. You know, because because if, if, when I'm in the spot, I want you to follow me. So I got to give you that same respect. But that goes back to, like I said, I got to give what I want in return. So because you're in the spot and I respect the spot in the position, I'm going to follow you. But once you start to show me that you don't know what you're doing and that you're leading me down a path of destruction. Hey, I got to kind of pull my parachute and jump out the plane at that point. I'm not crashing into the ground with you. And so, you know, but up until that point, of until I start to feel that, you know, things are going in an exceedingly bad direction, I will follow you. You know, but again, I will, you know, because I hate that. That's one of my character flaws. I don't care how much I dislike you, how much we don't get along. I hate to see people fail. Yeah. So I will be in the background like, yo, yo, uh, hey, hey, I know you got up there on the slide that nine and three makes 13, nine and three makes 12. Make sure, make sure you brief that. Make sure you brief that that's typo, you know, because I hate to see people fail. I hate to see people look some kind of way, you know, so. When, when we're in these type of dynamics, these types of relationships, being willing to receive, you know, the help, the guidance, because again, for a lot of us, because for me, a lot of, you know, the things that I say comes from, you know, hard earned experience, because I'm, I'm, I was very hard headed. And I would like, and I was very prideful. You know, the Lord has humbled me in a great many ways. Um, and I had to learn the hard way. I didn't always have the answers. And so now I can look back on it because it didn't kill me. I learned from it, from all those instances. And so now, you know, I can look back on those things and laugh at them. Like, God dang, I was stupid right there. Whoo, whoo, I barely made it. Lord was looking out for me, he, you know, because the Lord definitely does look out for fools and babies. And so I was a fool in those instances um, because I let my pride get in the way. And so for me now, I look at I look at things from a from a different standpoint. My mind is different. My thought process is different. You know, as I grew, as I transitioned into being a man, I put my childish things aside. Mm-hmm. I stopped moving like a child. I stopped moving like a boy and started moving like a man. And so now when I hear all these guys, these, these hackadoos, you know, going on about how men should be moving and men should be acting. And then we watch these guys be bums. We watch these guys do exceedingly stupid things and fail. We don't say anything. We just continue to just blame the woman. It's the woman's fault because she's she's for the streets. Well, if you out here having eight kids with eight different women, you for the streets too. Yeah, yeah. You know, y'all deal in the same places. That's why y'all keep finding each other. Right. Exactly. You said something very important, just like about just failure and 
I too came, I've had a two parent home. And I think one of the important parts to really look at when you build that firm foundation of trust and support for your mate, y'all, you don't have to worry, okay, something bad is going to happen and my mate is going to leave me. I know this to be 100% true. My dad decided, well, he didn't decide, he said he got a call from the Lord and moved us to Huntsville, Alabama with $2,000 in his pocket. He was a teacher and he told my mom, the Lord has called me to ministry and he was going to Oakwood. And so with $2,000 in his pocket, they packed us up, we moved there and we were homeless. Now, any other woman could have been like, boy, I am, what? I'm going back to Baltimore, forget this, I'm done. But because my dad had built a solid foundation of being a quality man, my mother trusted wholeheartedly that he was sold out to God. And if this is what God told you to do, I'm there 100%. So with her rice cooker and whatever else she could figure out, like her two mother loves cooking appliances. So she was just like, if you can provide me electricity, we're going to eat. And we never missed a meal. We never had to go on the street. Thankfully, there were programs at Huntsville where we didn't have to go and live like in deplorable conditions. But for like a month, we did not have an address. Like, we, if we had like this church program where we could stay in churches, but I think had my dad not set that up, my mother never would have trusted him. Now, when it was time for him to move to Michigan and we did not have anything set up, she said, okay, now that we have a house, you get up there and you set it up. Mm -hmm. And then, then we when you get it set up, then we come. It's, but had, like I'm saying, I mean, that. When you talk about going through hard times, you're not always going to have great times as a man. You're not always going to be well supported and you're going to have some failing moments. But if you've done the hard work, your woman is going to support you because she says, I know the bone that it's made in. I don't expect him to be perfect, but I expect him to be honest. I expect him to be trustworthy, loyal, and I can depend on that. When we're going to go through these hard times, I'm going to use my resources because he has a vision in store and I'm going to trust that. Because mm -hmm. I know him, but and I mean that's something I saw. So now that I'm married, um, I had a conversation with my mother, and she was saying, you know, if I don't know nothing else about your husband, your man resilient. I ain't never got to worry about you solving. I say you're not wrong, but I learned that from my dad. I've seen my dad work at Staples. I've seen my dad ride a bike to work. I've seen him take the bus. I've never had our lights turned off. We've never gone without electricity. I'm well, like electronics. We've never figured out we didn't have food. Um, even if we didn't have a car, we always made it to church. Because that was important to my dad. I've never seen my mom without. They may have gotten into arguments, but my mom didn't go without. She didn't yeah. have, she didn't never had to worry about her resources. To this day, my mother doesn't know how much certain bills cost. Cause she don't fail. Cause he take he handles but, it. Right, my mom just wanted to gas in her car because she never had to pump the gas. She didn't know how to tell which side the gas tank was on. Cause my dad, look, she always had gas in her vehicle. Your dad is consistent. Yep. That's what I think people are missing. When you're consistent, I can have trust in you. When you're yeah. inconsistent, we can't have trust. I can't trust you if I ask you to go out, and bring me back eggs, and you bring me back uh, butter. I'm going to be like, man, what's going on with you? If you're consistent, every yeah. time I ask you to do something, even if you fail some, sometimes, because we're human, yeah. we're going to fail sometimes. But usually if you're consistent, I can put my trust in you. Yeah. I can yeah. move across country with you. I yeah. can do things with you that I wouldn't do with other people. Yeah. We were talking about it earlier off camera. Bring it back on camera. If we're unequally yoked, I don't have any trust in you. I don't. I, I don't really have that vision as you being my leader. I am gonna naturally and sometimes unknowingly. I'm probably gonna talk to you any kind of way. I'm gonna yeah. talk down to you Defensive. because I'm looking at yeah. you on a lower level. Yeah, you know what I mean. And, and it you has been your position, right? Right. And it shouldn't be like that. We should be here. So we're face to face talking. But if you're always doing something that that's inconsistent and you're 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 un, I, I'm unable to trust you, I am going to naturally talk down to you. And, yeah. and it's something that, you know, it really affects relationships and it affects couples when that person can't be counted on. It does. 
yeah. the relationship yeah. is done. It does. I think one of the best examples of that is you guys remember that show, Everybody Hates Chris? Yeah. 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 His mom used to quit jobs so quick. And you know what she would say? <laughs> I don't need this because my husband could work two jobs. That's her mom. <laughs> she used to say that every, like, it was like, I think it was like every episode she'd have had a new yeah. job because she done quit the other one. I don't need this because my husband worked two jobs. Yeah. She had faith in the fact that her husband was always going to provide. So she felt comfortable enough quitting the job. Yeah. And so for me, regardless if they were struggling or not, regardless if my man came home and ate the big piece of chicken and then went to sleep and then woke up to go to his second job, he provided for his for his family. There was never a question on were they going to have something? Did they have what they need? They she felt comfortable and secure enough in what her man was bringing to the table to where she could tell her employer, I don't need this. My husband worked two jobs. And for a lot of us as men, we do not instill that level of trust yeah. and and confidence in our mates for them mm-hmm. to feel like they can quit their job tomorrow. And you got me mm-hmm. that you going to provide for me. You're going to protect me. You're going to yeah. be that covering. You're going to block the rain off me. You're going to keep the sun off me. You're going to keep the wind off me. Like for a lot of us as men, we do not do that. And so for us. If we want our women to be submissive, we want our women to treat us like men and allow us to lead. We have to show we have to instill that confidence that we can lead and I'm not going to fail you. Now, again, I don't expect all of us to operate at 100 percent efficiency all the time because I, as a man, I fail all the time. But I turn I I constantly look at where I failed and look to turn that into a W every single time where I can learn from that so I don't repeat that again. So that again when that when that problem comes up again I I've seen I've been here before. I've been here before I know what to do now. So now because I because I've been here before I know what to do now, I don't repeat that mis- I don't repeat that mistake because after the first time it stops being a mistake. It's now a choice at this point. It's, right. It it becomes a choice and becomes a lifestyle. So in taking ownership for the decisions that I made that ended me up in certain in certain outcomes I have to recognize that for a lot of us, we're not moving in the in the in the destiny that God has laid out for us. And because we're not moving in the destiny that God has laid out for us, that's why everything that we touch turns to ash. Everything yeah. we we touch turns to doo doo because we're not moving in the purpose that God has outlined for us. And because we're not doing that, we as men, we we we, we wonder why our, our families are falling apart. Every relationship you get into falls apart. You can't keep a job. You can't do this. You can't do that. Because you're not moving in the direction God has outlined for you. And so for for me, understanding and just watching people just explode, because that's what that's what we are seeing nowadays, where a lot of people are just self-destructing. Mm-hmm. And to hear all of these hackadoodle doos go on about how, you know, it's everyone else's fault except for the man. Mm-hmm. You know, at some point in time, we have to stop with the foolishness. We stop, we gotta stop co-signing people. And make them take ownership and say, you know what? It's not everybody else. It can't be everybody else. Sometimes, sometimes it's you. Yeah. 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 I mean, God, having God in there is definitely, it it makes the difference. When you talk about a person having a relationship with a being that's higher than themselves, that there's again, that layer of accountability. I have to be the best version of me because someone's counting on me to be that. Right. Someone is expecting, I have a higher moral compass. Well, I can't do this because I'm Hindu. I'm, you know, Buddhist. I'm Christian. I'm Muslim. I'm just spiritual. Whatever your being is, you answer to that. And so when you talk about, kind of like you said, RJ, that that order. Order, right. If I'm going to do this, if I do this, then I'm going to get that. And if I do that, then this is going to come. And so if I say I believe in this, then that belief system has to impart some sort of moral compass and guide. And so when you talk about a belief in God, for me, that's my moral compass. Well, God says it goes this way. And if it goes that way, then it's God, my man who follows God, and then me who follows my man who follows God. It, it kind of bounces out to my kids who look at me, who look at my husband, who follows God. And so all of those things make up the difference. But you got to start with God. And in our society, we have become our own gods. We've become the the end, the, 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 the say-so, the 
all of the knowledge, it starts with us. But if it only stops with you, you don't get very far. And that's even with knowledge. If all of the knowledge that I had stopped with me, I don't know nothing. Exactly. And I know a lot, but if it stops with me, I know nothing. And so we have to have community. We have to have those moral conversations. We have to have God as the ruling compass of everything that we do, because without it, we are nothing. Preach. Hey, you know, I love hearing that. I love hearing when somebody talks about having that connection with the creator, right? Because in order for me to pour into anybody else, right, I need to be able to have a spiritual connection. Um, else I'm going to be empty. If I just keep pouring into you and I, nothing's pouring into me, I'm going to be empty anyway. You're not going to get much out of me. So yeah. we need to have that connection. I love the way you talk about the order unique because um, it, it should be God. And then the man as the head of the household and the woman um, and the woman being that covering for her kids and, and we all being connected to the creator. Right. But if I think that I'm the creator and I'm God body, right, not knocking on anybody's beliefs, but everything revolves around me, then all I am, I have I'm leaning on my own understanding at this point. Right. And I'm not getting spiritual guidance except for, mm-hmm. and my family's not getting any other spiritual guidance except for, for me, for my reasoning, for my understanding, and for my for my knowledge. Well, like you said, I can know everything. Uh, uh, you know, you can have ten degrees, right? Mm-hmm. But your knowledge stops right here if you're mm-hmm. not expanding outside of just this mind that that we're in. So um, I really like the fact that you talked about having that creator, no matter what religion or spiritual practice you're in, you should have some sort of connection with something greater than yourself. Mm -hmm. So we're going to stop the episode here. Um, I definitely think that this is a very serious topic um, that, you know, just takes some time for a lot of people to kind of marinate and kind of process just for themselves. I hope that what we shared here is something that at least gives you a starting point to think about and that Mm -hmm. you have these conversations with your mate or even with your homeboys or other guys that you come in contact with for for our male listeners. Um, Because I think that it's very important that we start to reevaluate how we move as men in today's society because where we're moving, the way we're moving right now is not correct at all. It's not correct at all. Now, now, now I want to put that disclaimer, not all of us are moving incorrectly, but a lot Mm -hmm. of us, a uh, vast majority of us are. I'm RJ. I'm unique. I'm Khalil. And we will catch you in the next episode. If you like what you heard here, we ask that you like, subscribe, turn your notifications on um, because we can be watched on YouTube at Try Not to Overthink It and we can be listened to at Anchor, uh, Anchor Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, as well as Apple Podcasts. So again, we're signing out. You guys have a good one. Bye.